three, two, one. go guys community hotline welcome for the people by the people presented by 88 real estate media i'm your host bob fang and today we have community member min why don't you introduce yourself good sir what's going on guys my name is min win i'm excited to be part of the community hotline today i am on here to give all the 20s and 30s young asian entrepreneurs a pathway of do's and don'ts so their life is in peace. And when they go home, they visit their parents or their relatives during New Year's. They don't get crapped on because they didn't finish college and they took another route and they took a risk and they got to hear it every day until they hit that dollar, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Every year, like I told you, you should have been like cousin so-and-so and you should have went to River UC Riverside, right? <laughs> you should have went to UCI. Exactly, exactly. I have a, I have a friend who uh, I think it goes both ways, right? I think there's the money aspect and then there's the family aspect. I have a friend, she is 35, she runs her own company, super successful, bought her parents a house, retired them basically. And uh, basically uh, as soon as she turned 30, um, her mom just started calling her at like two in the morning, like, yo, why aren't you getting married? Like da 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 da. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? I reached the, the financial success. She's like, no, it doesn't matter. We, we just want grandchildren. Um, so I was like, man, it never ends. It never ends. Never ends, brother. Asian parents. All right, yeah. let's, get into, uh, let's get into our first topic, which is going to be money. Uh, what is money? Uh, why is it not taught in school? And how, how, do you, how do you make money? What's going on with that? The reason why money's not taught in school, because I think they don't want cause, uh, um, people to be money driven. Money is like an addiction, right? And if you, you got addicted to it and any means possible to make it, you wouldn't absorb school. Because if you knew when you were younger how important money is and how easy it is to make and lose it, that's all you're focused on. You're not focused on your education. You're not focused on you know, calculus. You're not focused on biology, right? You're not right. focused on those things. That's why they don't teach it in school. Because if we were fo so focused, laser laser being focused on it, we wouldn't focus on life, mm. other aspects of life, right? Right, 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 right. And and I and I and I and I. So I understand why they didn't attack money, right? They were afraid of money. They didn't show us how to respect money. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. When did you, what was there like a moment in your life, like a defining moment of when you respected money or when you understood money better? Uh, I respect money when it was, it came in easy, but it leaves even faster. What do you when mean? you see it leave so fast, you start respecting it more. You have a personal story of when that happened to you? you Dude, I've gone through like four, I've gone through three rounds of it already. Right. I went to it in the mid, uh, mid, you know, 2005, 2008, when the market crashed. Right. Um, I was in college. Right. And my friend told me about some $40,000 check. He got working one month selling mortgages. So boom, I just like jumped into it and I didn't finish school and I haven't heard the end of it from my mom. Right. Money came in quick from 2003 up to 2008. And I ended up having to, and when the market crashed, I moved home. Right. 
I moved home with a tail between my legs and I lived at home and I rebuild again. Right. Okay. The second time I rebuild, I was killing it and I felt invincible and I feel like I'm not doing anything wrong. I bust my butt. I work hard. I save my money and the company I was working with, right. Um, end up collapsing. Someone up high in the company committed fraud and it drove the company down and they owed a bunch of commissions and I paid out a bunch of people because I'm thinking these guys are going to pay me and they didn't. And I unloaded and I paid all my guys their commission when I didn't get paid. So mm -hmm. rebuilding after that was hard. Once I rebuilt after that, things were really good, but I felt invincible. Like I said, when you make money, you, you, be, you start respecting it when you feel like when you realize you are not invincible on losing money. Make good investments, right? And I I made money. I made a lot of money, and I, you know, didn't save. I saved for even though I saved for a rainy day. But the cost to run a big company is expensive, and that's another thing I can teach people about. Is like, you got to be nimble. You cannot be trying to when you're trying to make money. Do not try to drive around in a tug in a in a battleship. You want to roll around in a speedboat, right? And right. when you try to turn that 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 battleship, it costs a lot of money and it collapsed. So now I'm making money again, right? And I'm making like it, it took me a couple of years. I got back and I'm up and running. But now I have pretty much I'm making almost as much as I did back about as much as I did back then. But yeah. I have no overhead now. So I'm doing a lot different now because I have my son, I have my wife. So every time I lost money, I went through a round of a learning experience. But because my parents didn't have money and my dad didn't take chances in life, I didn't see, you know, a lot of Asian people who are successful kids who have money. A lot of times their parents had money somehow or taught them something about money. My parents didn't. So I went through these rounds every time I did. I I lost I, a, lot, a little piece of me died. But then a lot of, I, but I learned a lot and I grew from it and I learned how to respect money after losing it so many times. And nowadays I'm, you know, I'm, I'm smarter about it, you know, and I know how to maintain it compared to back then. I didn't know how to maintain it. Got it. So what kind of, what kind of money tips would you give your, your, your younger self then, you know, if you were to kind of do it differently, like how do you grow money? I guess. How, how do you grow money? Um, if I can say to, to grow money, you got to make sacrifices up front and you can't spend money like you think it's going to grow on trees. Right. So when you start. What? What do, you, what do you mean by that? So a lot of times people get money. They want to spend it right away. Right. Yeah. Especially in the Asian community. You get money. You want to spend it because, you know, you're trying to flash to everybody. You don't need any of that stuff. Save the money, preserve the money. Well, a lot of my friends also own dispensaries when I was making a lot of money. Think about just like Kevin Hart said, they got a table, I got a table. They got bottles, I got bottles. I got my aunt, right? <laughs> so doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, you got to be like this, right? right? Do not look to the right, not to look to the left, but preserve and save that money. Preserve and save that money. Um no matter how much you spend or make or have in your 20s and early 30s, it's not going to – unless it makes you more money, don't spend it. Got it. Got it. So you mentioned your, your parents and how they didn't you know, teach you much about money. What, what, where, where did you learn most of your, your money from, like money education from, if not from your parents? Just trial and error. Trial and error. Just Yeah, because my parents didn't take risk, right? So I am exact opposite. I take risk, right? right? But 
I feel like for me, like I'm in, I'm young. I can always keep making money. So try, try, try. So you, what you want to do is, uh, I learned like, it's all about OPM, other people's money. You want to make money on other people's money, not on your own money. So mm -hmm. as you make money, number one, pay yourself first. Doesn't mean you should take the money and go spend it on dumb crap, but keep it, preserve it. Right. And make and brick by brick. Right. Don't take calculated risk. Like I can say like uh, Mark Zuckerberg owns less than 20% of his company, right? Mm -hmm. Bill Gates owns less than 10% of um, Microsoft, right? So they leveraged all their percentage of their company to get resources to become the person that they are today, right? I'd rather leverage my talent and skill and hard work, but not my own money. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. Leveraging your money, I guess. When, when, uh, from what are like the two biggest lessons you learned, you know, from from your three past, you know, money ups and downs? Would you like to Would you like to share with the me? number? I'll share the second one and the first one. The second one: Do not hire friends. Never hire friends. They're hard to fire, and they talk crap behind your back if you fire them. Or, oh, they let me go because they're not in a good place. Do not hire friends. When you hire fast, fire fast. You need to be a cold-blooded killer when it comes to firing. Hire quick, but fire even faster. Do you, do you have a personal example? Of yeah, how dude, like all my all in the when I had my own company, all my friends, I hired people. They became my friends or I hired a lot of my friends and they end up, you don't get rid of them. You try to keep hiring more people to help them with their job, thinking that they're, they're going to get better if you provide them the right tools, which never happens. Your friends will suck you dry. In the beginning, they need the work, but once they get comfortable, you will see these people turn on you like no tomorrow. You, They were your friend. They become your enemy because all these people are working for you, and you're the person on top. So you're the one who's lonely on top, and they're cool with you. But then they're not going to be cool with you if they don't get their way. Mm. I'll tell you right now, never hire a friend. If you do, you tell them straight up, if you suck at your job, I'm getting rid of you. Got it. Okay. And number two? The number two thing, always be the face of getting the business. So when I had my business, I built up a bunch of uh, my friends or people to be successful. But when they hit to their level... They'll leave you. Just like if you're a real estate broker, you're going to bring in your friends to do real estate under you, right? Yeah. They eventually get their trade in and then they leave you to go to another brokerage for more money. Eventually, they get more experience and you can't really make much on them anymore, right? Right. And they're going to go somewhere else and they're going to leave you over money even though you pour your time, your effort in growing their business. Mm -hmm. So in, during that time, the people you hire should bring you up. It should be about the brand. It shouldn't be about you, about the brand, which you should own and not the people. Got it. Especially Asians, Asian men. We are entrepreneurs by heart, right? Yeah. I'm telling you right now, yes, there is something called friendly competition, but then when it comes time to eat, they will step on you to get it. And you have to always think about that. No. I'm not saying you should go out and be a jerk. But just know everybody treats it like a business and they put themselves before you. Because at the end of the day, you can't be mad. They're trying to feed their family. So when you get into business, there's no room for mercy. you got to be a stone cold killer. 
if you want to be successful. Outside of work, you can be the funnest person in the world, but inside work, you're a cold-blooded killer or you're not going to make it. Business is like you got to be a savage. I agree. I agree. Everybody has to eat. Yeah. The number one rule in the world. All right. I love that. Number. Let's move on. Education. Uh, how was your education growing up? You believe in the education system? You know, you, you, what if your son was like, Hey dad, you know, why am I learning calculus? I'm, I'm never going to use it. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, how do, would I, I believe that you give your kids all the options in the world and the direction they go in, you look up that occupation and how much they're going to make. And if they know they ain't going to make it, and you love them, you let them go in that career, you better be able to support them. Got it. Okay. How old is your you have a you have a son? My son's five. Okay. So he's getting into I kindergarten. know for sure I gotta make a lot of money. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> my son ain't gonna be the one bringing home the bacon. Why do you say that? He's a kind, loving kid who, you know, he's he has delayed speech right now. He has some challenges, and I know for sure I love him to death. I know he loves like recites like movies and songs but he can't count that great right and i'm telling you right now i know my son if he does evolve i love it but i for sure have a backup plan to make sure you know he's gonna be solid growing up because i want him to do what he loves and have a passion for it but i know what he has passion for is not gonna pay the bills you know <laughs> i love it i love it i love it okay so um i guess you know what was your who were you in high school in high school, uh, I actually did good. I did well. I did well in school. You know, I did well. I was a quiet kid. I was very introverted. I didn't know I had this energy until like I started doing social media marketing, actually. So, but I was a quiet kid. I got good grades. I followed the rules. And it's like nice guys finish last. I knew that all through high school, yep. all through college. No, first couple of years of college, all through business and life, I was the nice guy. And I always fell second or third, you know, never number one. And that's what hurt me in business. Also, my parents didn't let me play sports because being Asian, you know, you play sports, you get hurt. Your parents have to take off of school. They'll take off of work, you know, and then you get that look like, I don't believe I had to take off of work to pick you up because you hurt yourself. So I was kind of like bubble boy and I did good in school. I didn't do try things. So I wasn't competitive. So that really hurt me in business. That's why I wasn't competitive. And I let and I let other, I use, I treated business like I used other people like Trojan horses to lead my business. I had the great plan, the great idea, but I wasn't the competitive person and I let someone else do it. So eventually they all end up leaving because they had that competitive spirit. And right. then that's what really pushed me to, hey, I got to get the, the, you know, the eye of the tiger, the animal instinct myself. But I was that quiet, introverted kid that just, you know, just got by. And then through trial and error, that's when you got that fire in your eyes. Through trial and error, yes. Got it. Got it. Do you have siblings? I have one brother. Is he is he just as hungry as you, or was a, he got all the looks and metabolism? All right, I got the mouth and the brains, but he is evolving, getting better. He was a ranger. He he's like fifty cent. He got shot six times in Iraq, and my parents went to go pick up his body, and he survived and lived through it. You know, when he came back, he worked for me for a little bit, but now he has his own um he has his own security business. Yeah. And, you know, he's doing his own thing. He's, you know, we have a lot more in common now. He's six years uh, younger than me, but he, you know, he's worth learning on stock options, stocks, investing, real estate investing. You know, he's learning a lot of it. Uh, so he's actually 
educating himself a lot now, a lot more now in his 30s than when he was in his teens and 20s. Got it. Got it. Do you, uh, I guess, would you say that, um, would you hire family? Because you said don't hire friends. Yeah, I would not hire family again. I would rather just give money. If my wife is watching this, babe, I promise I wouldn't give him money without asking your permission first. <laughs> but if he was in a tight squeeze, I would give him money before I hired him. Okay. That's, that's a better investment for you. Yeah. Okay. Got it. What would you say is your highest ambition in life then? My highest ambition in life right now is to have balance. Having balance is hard as an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, as and you, if you, in the beginning, you'll have failures. If you didn't, you're a smart person. But because of your failures as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you feel like life has passed you by because you're taking so many chances and risks. So now you're living in this like zero to 100 to catch up from lost times. Mm. Because of that, you might not pay attention to your kid as much, your wife as much, your own happiness, your own health, your own, your parents or, or you know, when you're an entrepreneur and a male entrepreneur a lot of times, cause you're like the main breadwinner a lot of time, not saying that women can't, but men are, you're, you get in this mode where you're run, 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 you know, like right. I said, um, I'm lucky in a, as an entrepreneur, Whatever I lost, I'm making up faster than what most people make in a in a in a year, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but because I've lost so much, I'm moving at a rate that a normal person probably won't move at to make money, and life passes you by like that. So my number one thing is how do I work an eight hour or six hour shift in life, but still have it all. I'm not trying to work eight hours to make money for eight hours. I'm trying to work five or six hours but make money 24 seven and also have balanced life with my wife, my son. Now there's more to life than money, but on the 100 money makes it easier to live. Right. 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 100%. Okay. So I guess, you know, what, what, uh, what are some, you know, throughout life, life's lessons and everything. Um, I guess more general now, what are three pieces of life advice you have? doesn't necessarily have to do with money, but just, you know, just the kids coming up. What would you, what would you tell them? If you're in your twenties and thirties, stop and smell the roses. You're going to hit your mid thirties, early forties, and you're going to blink and life is going to go by and you didn't build memories, build memories. Cause you want to have joy in your forties because now you have life is hitting you harder, right? You're probably making more money, pay more taxes, have more responsibilities. As an entrepreneur, now you have employees, you have your kids. When you were younger, enjoy that youth when you were by yourself and stop and smell the roses. If you have a chance to travel, do it. If you have a chance to see the world, do it. Now I'm 40 and things are popping, but my kid's five years old and he's in, you know, he's having some trouble with school. So in the morning, my life has caught up with that, right? Right. I I wish I could wake up. And where the wind blows, I can go, but I can't anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And then I get to work. I got to work, right? Here, I got eight guys, uh, eight or ten guys that depend on me because I feed them the business that comes off my social, right? Right. And then I got a new guy who I'm training and educating him on how to do loans right now. He's a cold-hearted killer when it comes to the phone, but his skill, his loan skill is not great, so I'm educating him. So by the time I'm done, I'm burned out for the day. Got it. Stop and smell the roses. That's number one. Got it. Number one. Stop and smell the roses. 
Yeah. And number two, don't chase to be on top. Do you have a personal story of that when when that happened to you? And uh, I think you know, I was in business. I've always been on top, and you're chasing to be on top so much, you forget what what like you forget the root or the foundation of why you're even doing it. It just becomes this mundane part of life now. Oh, I got to be number one. I got to be number one. You forget why you're in your business. You forget everything, and and consumers. While I'm in the mortgage business, you start seeing that. You start losing the love for it because it becomes this like, uh, it's like, like, oh, more, more, more. Okay, okay. Was there was there a time where it like really consumed you where you were like, that's all you thought about? Yeah, that's all I thought about. Like, because you know, my, my buddies were in the in the in the dispensary business. By the way, never compete against anyone's dispensary business. They're gonna make way more money than you, right? Because there's too many people because their product is more accessible, right? So at that point, whatever they did, I wanted to not, I didn't, I didn't try to be like, okay, if they can live at that level, I will, like in mortgage, I was already at that level. I should have been just happy, content, take less risk, be more calculated because I'm already rolling, right? But right. I wanted to win it all because they were winning it all. And I took, I started, you know, it's like, I didn't stay in my lane, you know? So you went into the dispensary business? I didn't go in there, but my friends were in it, but I'm trying to make more money now too because they're making so much money, you know? Right, 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 right. And it's like, be happy with your life, stay in your lane, and don't chase to be number one. Chase to make yourself happy and find make a list of what makes you happy. And if you get there, how do you retain business to stay there and grow gradually with inflation, but don't start taking risk where you gamble it all because you want it all. And for what? End of the day, you're ending up with nothing. If you gamble on, you lose, right? Right, right. Don't go to the casino and bet all you have on red. Yeah. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. What's the third tip? My third tip I can say, don't have partnerships. Don't have partnerships. Oh, let me tell you why. The reason why there will always be a time where you think you do more work than your partner. And in their mind, they're going to think the same thing. And if you come up with something, some cool widget or whatever you you do, you're going to hit that point in your business where you're going to want to separate. The longer you wait to divorce somebody or break up with them, there's too many casualties in between. Mm. So you definitely, if you have someone who you enjoy working with, have them be an accountability partner. Do not go into business with them because it will ruin friendships as well. Got it. Do you have a, you have a personal story about that? Yeah. Um, I got, dude, every time I tried partnerships, they, they would fail. They would not fail. Everyone who thought they did more. And I tell people straight up, like if I'm the face, it's going to look like I'm not doing anything, but I'm the one driving the business and everyone, Oh, I can do this without you, men. And then, they end up doing it, and then we split ways. I lose, they lose, and I start out. We both start all over, right? So I wouldn't recommend it. Got it, got it. What would you recommend to someone who's in a partnership right now and they want to get out? If you're in a partnership and you want to get out, go through your legal paperwork first. Know who owns what and where the money's going. Do not start strife with them. Don't pick a fight with them. Don't open the can of worms until you check all your 
I call it your white documents, right? All your legal documents, right? Check your documents, lawyer up before you start doing anything because you can lose way more. Got it. So you would recommend if you're thinking about, you know, separating a partnership to get all your, your legal docs in, in place, get a lawyer up first and then hit them like on Monday, be like, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, yeah. Hey, I don't think this is working out, you know, and go back. This is what we agreed on. So, you know, I know this hits you by shock. So we, we can do is here are all the deals in the pipe, or this is all the money. This moving forward, we're going to split because this is all before this agreement, anything right. moving forward. Let's decide who owns what or whose account is who, and let's move from that and let's be homies because I still respect you. I still want to be your friend, but I feel this is was this is where we're at. And typically, what you want is kind of unfair, and what they're going to want is unfair. Mm -hmm. So you guys got to know: the longer you wait to cut those ties and chop it off, you can't move forward and make more money. Got so it. even if they get give give them the W when it comes to little things, so you can move on. Got it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. And then uh, I guess moving on to the last topic, which is entertainment. You know, uh, I think a lot of a lot of the youth right now. You know, we were talking about balance, and you know, how do you how do you handle like dating? You know, I guess balance with your with your with your marriage. Like, you know, how did you meet your wife when you were? You I met my wife. wife. She was a real estate agent, and I was her loan officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then she became my processor, and I become the loan officer. And now, you know, and then she became my underwriter when I had to rebuild the third time she was the underwriter and I was recruiting loan officers. So she's been with me through thick and thin. You know, she's Hispanic. I love her. She's she's like loyal to me. She loves my kid. She's patient with me. She's put up with every phase, all my ups and downs. She's been there with me when I had everything, when I lost everything and when I'm giving it, giving it, getting everything back. She's patient to let me go through it to make the money again. Instead of like, y'all, oh, you failed this many times. You shouldn't do it again. Right. She's like supportive as it, as can be, you know? Okay. How does, how does someone find uh, a very supportive wife? Like how, how you were able to find check their spending habits, check their spending habits, check the girl's spending habits, how you check their spending habits, see how they spend their money. See how, see how they spend their money. If they spend money they don't have on their own money, they're going to do that to your. If they don't respect money, they're not going to respect your money. Oh, okay. That's a good tip. Um, any other tips on finding a, a spouse? You want to marry someone who's going to be mean to you. You don't want someone you can walk all over because as man, we always think we're right. We need someone to check us to make sure we don't get out, especially – the money that you want to make, the money and what comes with money, the all the BS that comes with it, you need someone that's not about the money that's keep you keep you in check so you can stay making that money. Mm, okay, okay. You don't want a yes man or yes men or yes whatever. You know, you want someone that's a. You shouldn't be. You know, you gotta before you buy that. Don't forget you got this. You know. Yeah. Like our savings account that we built up. If it wasn't for her, I would like spend it like I would spend it like crazy, right? So I'm glad she checks me that way. Got it. Got it. Okay. So basically find someone that uh, is mean to you. Uh, check their spending habits. Let's get one more for the, for the folks at home. Um, someone who has integrity. Integrity. Okay. You know how we're Asians? We play in the gray a little bit, you know, about yeah. in life. <laughs> My wife is black and white, man. She don't get, let me get away with anything, especially in business. 
there is the gray lines in business. Got it. Don't let those gray lines come into your personal life and your in, in your family life. She's there to make sure it's black and white. I love you it. You know what I mean? Love it. I love it. Has 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 there been a uh, friction between her and then your parents and the? Oh industry? yeah, for sure. Because of me, because they have friction because of me, not because of them. Because I'm I was a douche back then. You know, I yeah. broke the trust. You know, and of course your mom will always have your back, but it's kind of hard to communicate. Your mom, hey mom, I was a jerk. I was a douche. You know, she wasn't in the wrong. I was. You know, so. Okay. Okay. As it, I mean, but so, so you take responsibility for all the friction. Oh yeah, the problems in the problems, past tense. We still got problems now, but not crazy ones. The problems was in my thirties, coming into all this money, flying private, having <laughs> boats, having Lamborghinis, having Bentleys. You know, hanging out with guys who always hung out at coffee shops, you know, ain't a good look for a guy who's trying to be married, right? Or have a kid, right? So that's just keeping 100 with you guys. So, you know, my problems are my own problems. She helped me stay on the act right and be, stay and persevere and stay focused. Got it. I love that. I love that. Okay. Well, uh, I just want to say, appreciate you coming on and sharing all your life advice. I think it was super helpful. Uh, Last question for you is, you know, since it's for the community, by the community, um, and you coming on, what is a hundred million dollar question, a hundred million dollar problem that the community could solve for you? So right now, Facebook and Instagram don't connect to one messenger that connects to a CRM. Because of the way Facebook bought Instagram, they're not allowed to market to people a specific way through Instagram. Right now, I have it's like emails, everything on Facebook works through one platform. Instagram doesn't connect through API. Mm -hmm. If everything connects on one, I can I can see my problems better. I can see my solutions better. I can index my volume of business better so I can make tweaks. It's kind of how to tweak things around when you have different systems running, getting leads from different companies, right? Because don't forget, if you're doing social media marketing, you got YouTube, you got Facebook, you got text message, you got emails, you got, um, uh, what do you call it? You have um, what landing pages, you got Instagram messaging, right? And you got link, like they all don't connect. Some of them do, but if there was one that connected that you could do a chat bot to, life, my, my problem, most of my problems would be solved. Yeah, have you heard of Jarvi? I haven't heard of it right now. I'm using there's this one called Ammo I was using, and that was in a big bunk. All the stuff for Instagram has every time they Instagram's gonna release something new, I'm thinking it's gonna happen. It doesn't happen, but I'll check out Drivey. But I haven't seen one because as I'm talking to you right now, I can see leads coming in through Instagram and Facebook right now. Yeah, right? yeah. but it's like two different messengers. I have to cross-reference it, you know, like. I have to manually do it. And I was on um, Gary V's 4D. Yeah. And Gary V even says through Instagram, there's nothing. He has a group of people just managing his Instagram because so many messages. I don't, I don't get Instagram. I don't get Gary, I don't get Gary V type of quantity of leads, but even Gary V himself, his platform, they're doing Instagram manually. Got it. Like Got a it. legit setup that connects. And CRMs, it does all that thing, thing, thing. It bounces all the CRMs and the APIs. Well, as soon as they solve that one, but I think it's hard because Instagram, 
before they sold, did not want to be a marketing platform. And when Facebook bought it, they agreed not to do it. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if an engineer out there or, or someone with a connection is able to Facebook, yeah. yeah, is basically able to connect the two messengers directly onto your CRM onto one platform to be able to market and to organize things a little bit better for you to for you to look at your data a little bit better on a large and, and and it would solve a lot of issues for a lot of influencers who are doing social media marketing who right now I don't do that much call to action people DM and message through that's the best way to communicate with people because they want to talk to somebody they don't want to go to a landing page they don't want to get sold on something so it's hard for all these messages to go back and forth you know like right now on my Facebook I have like I said, eight to 10 people on a round robin. If they yeah. want to talk to me, I'll reach through and talk to them. But I can see what ad, what ad it came in from, at what time it came in from. The analytics are there. But when you go on Instagram, there's nothing. Unless you want to push them to a landing page, which they don't want to go to. They want to DM you, you know. Right, right, right. You don't want to push them to some funnel. where yeah. they Messenger marketing is the future, especially for yourself. You know, Bob, like when people start reaching through, through Facebook, you're going to. If you're spending a high quantity of ad spend, you'll see like, oh man, this is gonna, it, it, it's a big problem, especially in the real estate industry. Oh yeah, no, I know. I, it, it, I, I put out an ad the other last, uh, a few weeks ago, like I, I, I hit the curve before the curve of, I was giving out masks away. Mm -hmm. I had like 300 people a day message me for like masks. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it with all those messages. I was like, there has to be a better way to organize all this. Um, definitely on the same page with that. Okay, well, thank you for telling me that that problem. It's definitely, uh, if anyone out there, guys, that's the $100 million problem. If you can build a program, some software, you can get in Facebook to have them figure that out. That is a $100 million problem. Um, thank you guys for watching. Before I forget, 88 Real Estate Media is looking for members to join the Oversight Committee to build the best mindfulness school in Southern California. Uh, shoot us a message if you want to learn more. And also, if you do business in the real estate industry, please do consider hiring us. Other than that, Min, where can people find you? Give us some plugs. Uh, you can you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at What's a Mortgage. Uh, that's our platform. It's called What's a Mortgage. You can also look, look us up on our uh, uh, website, What's a Mortgage dot com. Got it. Got it. And uh, is there a number that they can call in case? 714-790-9697. Uh, Hold on one second. 714. What was it? Seven nine zero nine six nine seven nine six nine seven. Even that thing's connected. It's just Instagram won't connect. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not 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 that. It's seven one four seven one four six five eight. Right. Seven nine zero nine six nine seven. Why is it not moving? Okay, I'll put it up. Anyways, well, thank you for joining us today, man. I gotta go live.